Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. We took some time this week as a body to pray and fast. We, we took that time and um, to just pray and fast. And many of you took steps to cut out media and favorite foods in order to pursue God. And over the last seven days, um, you allowed the craving for something else to, to push you into a, a, a meeting with God, an invitation, a moment with God. And so every time this craving started, you were like, that's my sign to pray. That's my sign to connect. That's my sign to connect. And, and I'll tell you this, is that I hope that what happens because of that is a spiritual awakening. Uh, the truth is the level of your breakthrough is directly connected to your pursuit of Him. You, when we draw near to God, God begins to heal us. God begins to do stuff in us. You know, God set this up where we, mankind was never intended to not live in proximity of God. The garden... Adam walked with man in the cool of the day. There was this idea that when you're next to me, you're, you're, you, your life is going to thrive. And so sometimes for us, prayer and fasting, and even Jesus said, you know what, there's some things that can't get done in your life unless you pray, unless you fast. There, there, there are th some strongholds, some things in our life that, that, you know what, for them to really break through in our life, man, we've got to say no to everything and begin to seek the Lord. So, so with that, let me ask you a question. Did anybody get hungry this week? Come on. Come on. Did anybody get hungry this week? Because I'm going to tell you this. I got hungry. I got hungry. Uh, there was a few times that the pressure became real. And uh, it's amazing. When you start fasting, I could smell cheeseburgers like three blocks away. I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, it's like I went to a few meetings with, with, with people um, this, this week, and they were eating, and I was just like, <laughs> I mean, like, and I don't want to make it weird or nothing, but you know, can I just lick your fork when you're done? I mean, I, it was just like, you know, it was like this, this sensation of the food and it was prepared and they're like eating. I'm just like slow. It's like everything's in slow-mo. I'm like slow watching this like. And, 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 and I have this weird thing. I don't know if you ever eat with me or whatever. But if someone is eating and I'm watching them, I am vicariously working through. Like my mouth is moving while your mouth is moving. And so my, my wife always laughs at me. And she's like, babe, you're not eating. But when the kids are over here and they're eating, so I'm like, <laughs> I don't know why I do that. But I'm like in it. I'm like, I love food. And um, there were a few times this week that I had to say, Stephen, you have to get yourself together. You have to stay strong, you know, because I started craving these foods, these meals, these things that I'm used to. And so my assignment today is get hungry. Yeah. Get hungry. In John chapter 4, verse 31 through 34, it says this. Meanwhile, the disciples 
were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. I mean, Jesus is 12. It's like, man, man you, we've been working all day. We've been ministering. We've been doing. We've got to keep your strength up. We're, we're, we're your boys. We're going to take care of you. You need to get something to eat. And he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. So the disciples said to one another, hey, man, did, did one of y'all bring him something to eat? Did you bring him a snack pack? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. I love this verse because Jesus is almost like saying, hey, I feed on something different. What moves me is... Let me break it down to you. What moves you is your stomach. And so the truth is that you go from event to event figuring out the next meal that you're going to consume. But I don't live life like that. In other words, I eat on something different than, and my body does not make me or move me into any position because I am trying to live this life moved by something else, and that's the kingdom. That's the kingdom. As we look at this, I, I, I just want to talk. Are anybody, anybody in here a foodie? You know, like, like you like, like food is your jam. You know, like people are like all the time, well, what's your hobby? Food. <laughs> food is my hobby. I try things for a living. I taste and, and I, I like all of that. Um, and, and I'll tell you this. There are some people that, are, you know, that I know that are my friends, uh, my wife even being one of them. It's like um, for me, so... If you are an authentic food person, when you wake up, when you're eating breakfast, you're contemplating dinner. I mean, it's like, uh, and so my wife will fix this huge meal. Come on in. And as she's fixing the meal, I'm like, man, this is great. What's for dinner? You know, and, and, and the truth is, I'm already planning all of my next meals. I already, where, where do I want to go to? I'm thinking. Like, it's not like, oh, where do you want to go? It's like I'm thinking. I'm pondering. What have I had? No, I think I need to. I have five basic food groups, uh, uh, fried chicken, you know, donuts. I, I have these food groups. And, and so I, I move and I position my meetings to places I like to eat. Now, there are some other ones of you here, you're totally different. Like, you are so purposeful and driven that you'll go all day without eating and you'll say things like, oh, I didn't even eat today. And I'm like, I know not what you speak of. It was like, it's like, uh, and, 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 and I, there were a few times when we were first married that my wife had be like, oh, I'm so busy with the kids, and I didn't eat today. And I think that she was wanting like this, this uh, pity, or she was wanting this, this, this thing from me that was like, oh wow, let me fix you something. But instead, like anger boiled up in me because I was like, who doesn't eat? I mean, it's like, like if you got up at breakfast and you thought about dinner, then you would always be knowing what you're gonna eat. And so, if it's your fault. <laughs> Listen, the truth is, you know, I am a southern boy. And so I don't want pancakes and eggs 
and bacon. Oh no, I want sawmill gravy with the, with the sausage in the gravy. Come on, I'm a two-meat person. I am a two-meat person. If you, if you invite me over, I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love bacon. It's going to be great. But here's the deal. I, some people are just like, you, you have this internal um, uh, uh, thing in you that you have these manners, and um, you know to pick two pieces of bacon. I'm going to pick more pieces of bacon and, and, and I'm going to have the bacon with my meal. But then if there's no sausage, I'm going to substitute the gravy and I'm going to break up the bacon. You understand? I mean, it's just, it's, it's a part of the plan because I, I love, I love food. And, um, I think Jesus is trying to communicate to the guys. Hey, hey, you guys are my dudes. Listen, you're my 12. I love you. But you guys think with your stomach. You think with your stomach. I eat to function, but I don't eat to live. My substance is what fills me. And listen, doing what God's, doing God's assignment on my life is the thing that begins to fill me. Listen, listen. Here's the thing, as a church, we want to get hungry. We want to stay hungry. Let, let me break this down to you just a little bit. Jesus had just had a conversation with the Samaritan woman at the well of Jacob. This was very significant. Why? Because Jacob is the son of Isaac. God had a covenant in the Old Testament with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in this covenant, you can read this covenant from Genesis chapter 12 to Genesis chapter 22, and God unpacks this covenant of what he's trying to do. And he, he mentions a few things. Here's what the covenant consists of. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You shall be a blessing to people. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Your families on this earth will be blessed through you. There's this covenant happening. And so Jesus begins to detour. And he has a meeting with this woman at the well. And he begins to talk to her about what she's drinking and, and begins to talk about her life. And, and as we look at this, starts a conversation over water. And Jesus says, I will give you water and you will thirst no longer. In John chapter 4 verse 12 it says, Are you greater than our father Jacob? She asked. No, well let's talk about that. Here, here, this is very interesting. Because Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you water that's way better than this. And she's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Are you better than our father Jacob? So, so let me just let you, like all of his family, all of these people have survived because of this well. If this well wouldn't, wasn't here, we would all perish, we would all die, or we would be moving. And so you are acting as if you are better than Jacob who has now supplied water to this whole village, this whole town that we are all using. Are, are, are you better than Jacob? The answer is yes. Yes, I, I know Jacob was important. I know that he made this well and, and caused his people to thrive. But the fact of the matter is Jesus provides us something called living water. Living water. And we see this because in our lives, we have to understand that, that we are in a spiritual wasteland. 
Jesus is the answer. Come on, somebody. Y'all help me now. Jesus is the answer to the drought in our life. And just like there are physical needs, there are also spiritual needs. Come on, anybody need sleep? Come on, you know, come on. Some of you, holla. You know, some of you need less sleep, but some of you need more sleep. You know, food, yes. Here's the thing, is Jesus is trying to draw this example and use this illustration that you, like, you could not survive without this well. Spiritually, you cannot survive without this water. This water. You see, here's the deal. We're all in spiritual drought. And Jesus has what satisfies our needs. He leaves, leaves us spiritually hydrated. John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14 says this. Look at this. And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will thirst again. Talking about Jacob's well. But whoever drinks the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, Jesus, it was using a physical source to describe the spiritual source. He was telling her that your appetite needs to change. Come on, church. We've got to be a church that's hungry for the things of God, hungry for a relationship with God, hungry to move out. There are way too many personalities, listen to this, that are driving our commitment to Christ. See, personalities, God blessed each and every one of us with a personality. And, and if you study that, I mean, you're rock, wind, fire, tree, earth, you know, sanguine, clear, whatever. But all of those personalities are great. A DI on the desk, disc desk, a DC or whatever. And all of that is great. But the Spirit of God is not limited to your personality. He wants to use it. He wants to use it. And so we have way too many people, come on, in church. Well, that's not really my gift. That's not really my gift. And that's not really my gift. And I think that what happens is because we base our gift on things that are comfortable. Well, if, it was, if I loved it, then I would do it. Well, Jesus many times was talking about if you don't pick up your cross and carry it. I don't know anybody who loves to carry crosses. Like, my personality is really carrying crosses. It's good. I like the grainy feeling, the wood grainy feeling on my skin. That's really, it's really my, kind of my, my personality. I love that. I love heavy things. I love to lift heavy things. I love when my veins pop out. That's really, that's, that's kind of my, that's in my wheelhouse. There's this idea that, guess what? God is going to call you to the thing that you're uncomfortable doing. God's going to call you to the thing that you're uncomfortable doing. And as we look at this today, I want to draw, as we're, as we're ending the series, drawing near, I want to talk about three ways that you can hunger for the presence of God. Hunger for the presence of God. Three ways to continue to hunger for the presence of God. The first one is this. We've got to remember your experience and encounters with the Lord. 
See, way too many times, there was a reason that in the Old Testament, God made sure to tell his people, write down what I've done. Write down what I've done because you'll forget. You'll forget. Come on. There were times when I was like, God, I'm not going to make it through school. You know, the... They keep handing out these grades and everybody says they're bad. You know what I'm I mean, it's just, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have kids. And, but, but here's the deal. God has been, listen, faithful. And when's the last time you wrote down the list of the things that you prayed for that God did? See, that should excite you. When, when you remember all the things that God has done, that should make you, man, that's right, that's good, that's, wow, I remember, I remember. For us, if we don't remember our experiences, come on, there was a time, if you're here and you've been saved, there was a time that you were self-led. That when you woke up, every desire was for you. And the only time that you gave to someone is when it would come back and help you. And you would give because you wanted this friendship or you did because you wanted this. And there was always this selfishness that was imposed into everything you did because you were self-led. But when you came to Christ, you changed being self-led to being spirit-led. Come on, somebody. And now there is a new king over your heart and you submitted your will. And that's a huge thing. The Bible says that no man can come to him unless the father draw him. So it wasn't just the minister that had everybody close their eyes that asked the question, raise your hand, walk to the altar, take Jesus, you know, kneel at the cross, sign a commitment. It wasn't that. It was that God drew you. And way before you said yes, and way before the pastor uh, uh, took care of the sermon and, and wrote the sermon, and way before the meeting, and way before the air condition was on, and way before the scenario was perfect for you, God said, I'm choosing them, and I want them. That's huge. Like God wants you that's a moment that's a moment when you may have thought that everybody else in your life did not want you and you feel moments of rejection and you feel moments of this god is saying no 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 you you're saying yes because i have pursued you i have wanted you remember your experience with the lord come on anybody ever had moments with the lord can we just have them can we just talk you know, I'm, I'm not even preaching. We're just having a conversation. Anybody had moments with the Lord? Between you and the Lord where you felt his touch, you felt his goodness, you felt his approval? Anybody had, ever had moments? Because I'm just telling you, there's a lot more to God than a church attendance. There is, there's this idea. Come on, anybody ever had, felt like they received like supernatural faith to believe something that everybody else thought was impossible? Like, like your marriage can't come back together. Your kids will never change. You're, you'll never get into that home. You'll never buy this. You'll never do this. You'll never. And, and, and come on, anybody ever put pen to paper and wrote it all down and thought, oh, dear God. 
we're never going to get there. In order for me to retire, I need to work till I'm 947. <laughs> Come on. You think about tithing like you, you want me to give some. And then, oh my God, based on what I gave last year, I mean, that was Christmas, and that was, uh, oh my God, that was vacation, that was uh, meals, we, ate, we, 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 ate, we could have eaten, and, and, all, and, and what happens is, it's crazy that God somehow begins to reward your faithfulness because you're pursuing Him, and all of a sudden, you end up in places that you could not have got yourself. Come on, is it, has that happened to anybody? Has that happened to anybody? Come on. Where, you know what? Where he confirmed a decision in your life and you didn't know which one to take. It was this business deal or this deal or it was moving here or going here and all of a sudden you felt peace and everybody else was like, what are you doing? But you just knew. You just, somehow you just knew and it wasn't like your inner girl instincts and it wasn't like your man card. It was like something spiritual in you that just was like, I, I'm at rest, man. I'm good. I know. It's going to work. Come on. Anybody ever had that moment where you're just driving, you're not thinking about like anything important, and felt like it's kind of jello brain? You know, you've just worked. You've worked hard. You, you, you're not really ready for a conversation. You're just kind of like, you're just kind of there. And then all of a sudden, this thought comes to you, call this person. Call them, talk to them. You feel a burden for someone and you're like, I don't even really like them. You know what I mean? It's like, you're like, like, why am I thinking that thought? Like, why, why is that in my head? Why am I? And, and you're like, I'm just a good person. Just a really good person. No, prophetically, God is downloading some this thought into your mind because he's wanting us to be the salt and light here. Come on, is this good? And so there are these moments, and come on, have you ever done that? Where you actually like called? Where you actually like did do coffee? Where you actually did do the meeting? And all of a sudden, this conversation unpacks, and you're like, wow, <laughs> that was pretty neat. That was awesome. <laughs> I'm a Christian. You're like, you feel good. You're like, I'm just used by God today. You know what I'm saying? I'm just like, wow. Here's the thing. I feel like a lot of times we forget those moments because we have so many needs, we have so many concerns, we have so many fears, we have so many problems that we're working through that we forget that God has been, listen, He has been faithful and He has done in your life. And here is this idea. God, check this out, God expects you to remember He expects you to remember. Just like parents, you expect your kids to remember to turn off the light. Like he expects you to remember because here's the deal. Everything that God gave you was never for you. It was always for somebody else. And God is doing something in you and you are learning of his kindness and his goodness and his faithfulness and his gentleness. He's, he's, he's showing you who he is. In this moment, Jesus has this conversation with this woman. Look at this. And, and we don't, just for the sake of time, we don't have time to go through all of it. But Jesus says, hey, go call your husband. And she's like, 
I don't have one. And he's like, no, you're right. You've had five. You've, you've, you've had five. And she's like, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. I mean, come on, listen. There's this idea that when you begin to meet and, have, and draw near to Jesus, he is going to begin to deal with the secret things in your heart, and he's trying to really address what you really need. Here's the deal. It wasn't about water today. It was about the fact that she was longing for something, and she hadn't found it in Bill, and she hadn't found it in Ray, and she hadn't found it in whoever. I, she hadn't found it yet, but she still looking for something and Jesus is trying to say I got it I got it I got what you need see if your relationship with God doesn't draw you into moments that deal with choices actions and thoughts then, then here's the thing is um, you are too distant. Because a real relationship with God will draw you in and He is not trying to expose you. He's trying to free you. Yes. See, there was no social media post. He didn't do that around a crowd. It was just a private meeting one-on-one -on -one with, with Jesus and, and this woman. And he was like, let me, can I deal with this? And for all of us, if we would just get close, he may talk to us about our anxieties. If we just got close, he would talk to us about our fears. If, he, if we just got close, he would talk to us about our concerns. He would talk to us about the fact that we're wrestling with friendship. He would talk to us about the fact that we're frustrated. He would talk to us. If we just got close, come on, if we just got close, then what would happen is he would begin to unearth these things. And what would happen? happen is it would change the game in our life. It would change the game in our life. Here's the thing. And this is the greatest part of this text, I think, is that she has a past. She has hurt. And she's not perfect. But Jesus offers her life. And the disciples, if you go on and read, they're like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? That, why, why are you talking to her? Why are you, why are you talking to her? And it, it, it's in there. They say it twice. Why are you talking to her? What does he want with her? What is it? What is it? What is it? Why, why is it? Why do you eat? <laughs> little, little stank face, little stank eye, little, little, little not judgy, but judgy. <laughs> like he doesn't want to hang with us. Like where's boys? And you're, well, we know. Come on, listen. Yeah. Here's this idea that, that Jesus wants this relationship and he offers to fill the void in her longing heart. Mm -hmm. And today I want you to know what are you longing for? What are you longing for? What do you need? What do you need? Because here's the thing. You may be going to this well to try to get it. You may be, and the well, it, it just, it's not, maybe not even a well. Maybe it's Netflix. Maybe it's career. Maybe it's job. Maybe it's success. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's family. I don't, I don't know what your well is, but I know that if we're not careful, we'll go to the same thing every day trying to fill up. And the thing is, we, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. And, 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 and the great thing about this story is, is it continues. And after this moment, like, she doesn't get mad and, like, like, leave. Come on. I mean, she comes in. They have the water talk. And he's like, boom, I know your story. And she's not like, forget you. 
I'm out of here. I'm going to the other well. <laughs> like there's this, there's this idea that Jesus was able to say what was true without accusing her listen to this, and condemning her, but yet there was truth wrapped up in love, and here's what happened. She left and went and told the whole town, you guys have got to come see this guy like he knows me. Like the real me. And he wasn't ashamed. He, 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 didn't, he didn't judge me. He didn't look at me weird. He, he had a conversation with me. Yeah. And when most guys look at me different, he didn't. See, so he, he had a conversation, and you know what he told me? He, he, he said that there was more. It's basically what he, he, he said, that I was looking for something, and it's rattled my whole life. And me, y'all got to come check this guy out. Come on. Yeah. See, what will happen is when God begins to touch your life, it's less of I've got to go to church. I've got a responsibility. I've got to go and open the door for people. I've got to, I've got to take a picture. I've got to sing on the stage. I've got to do children. I've got to fulfill my Christian duty. No, it's more like, man, this thing has changed my life. And people all the time when they meet Katie and I or they meet us uh, and they're like, wow, you have so much passion. You have so, and, 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 and I think some people are like looking at me like, is it real? Is it fake? Is it whatever? You don't know. Like, what flows through us is because I know what I should be doing. I should be selling used cars. What I, sh what I should be doing is selling Prime America insurance to people. What I should be doing, and if you're doing that, I'm sorry, I'm not, it's not like down. I'm just saying, I, I should have been a salesman. But in fact... What, what God did is he took a broken kid who really wanted to sell knives <laughs> and made a million. <laughs> and he calls him into the ministry and he has father issues and, 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 and dad issues and brokenness and is not perfect and falls short. But God. Yeah, that's right. And so the, what you see in us is not like we're the same people Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Because I understand what God's done in my life in church, here's the thing. You have to remember. Yes. You have to remember because life gets hard. You got to remember when people leave. You got to remember when the, the dream that you thought you were going to get, maybe that next promotion or that next thing didn't happen the way you thought. You've got to remember. You've got to remember what God has been good to you and He has not left you and God is doing something even though you may not feel something right now. Come meet the man. That's what she said. Come meet the man who took away my shame and heartbreak. Come meet the man that turned my mourning into joy. Church, we got to be talking about come meet the man. The second thing is this. We've got to train our appetite for more substance than snack. Yeah. If we're going to 
hunger for the presence of God, we've got to be careful that we're not snackers, but we really want substance. And, and, and to hunger and thirst for God is at the very root of who we are. We long to worship something. Check this out. Leaders, politicians, ideas, utopia, helping the needy, success, achievement, all of these things we all want. We all, and, and they're in us. And if we could just have them, we would be happy. But here's the thing. When there is no longer hunger for the presence of God, there is an indicator that something is wrong spiritually. So that something is wrong spiritually. And there is a big difference between junk food, fast food, and cook to order. There's a big difference. And let me just say this. There are tons of options, but one will leave you healthy and one will just help you keep going. And so for me, come on, we've been fasting seven days. Many of you, this is your day. You're breaking your fast. This is so exciting. So exciting. We're going to eat. You're going to think about it, eating. But I meet so many people who, that they're eating things that, Man, they're good. Come on. Anybody like a little chips? Anybody like a little Doritos? Oh, ah, the smell of something that's been made a year ago. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Nothing will do you like Doritos. I'm telling you. Listen, and the cheat, come on, listen. It's just something about just a little chip. Come on, a little honey bun. Don't lie. Come on. So, so whatever your jam is, it may be a nut or butter. Um, Kit Kat. Kit Kat, that's really salty. Hold on just a second. I'm wash it down. I don't really do um, soda, but I'm going to do it today. Mm. Oh, it burns. <laughs> it burns. I mean, anybody like Dr. Pepper? Anybody Dr. Pepper people? Come on. I used to know a guy in camp that literally... Um, um, we thought he was going to die uh, because he would go through a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper a day. A day, a day. All right. He is still living, <laughs> um, but he drinks water now. Um, um, here's the thing. This will, in fact, keep you alive, but it will not make you healthy. You hear what I'm saying? Listen to this. If you eat Kit Kats, and, 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 and um, uh, I had uh, one of my children write a, um, a story that said if they were the president of the world, they would banish vegetables. Um, I, here's the thing, is that um, there's a lot of stuff that you can snack on. There's a lot of junk out there. And, and as we begin to grow in our faith, listen to this. As we begin to grow in our faith, this is sweet, this is fun, this is easy, but it will not keep you healthy. Does that make sense? This, this right here, come on, you, gas stations, every two miles, every 40 feet, you can find something to snack on. You can find uh, some junk. And I'm telling you, you can be turning on TV. You can be everywhere. There's something to entertain you. There's something to fill you. But listen, what I'm saying is you may not be healthy after you're done. And just because, listen, come on now, just because it's sweet don't mean it's good even though I will eat this after y'all leave. Okay. Come on, the next. Come on, some fast food. 
Come on, someone said earlier, why didn't you get Chick-fil-A? Because they're not open on Sunday. I would have got, got God's chicken. Come on, I would have got that. I would have got that. I'm sure. I don't know how many animals are in heaven, but I'm sure chicken. Uh, come on, a little fry, a little French fry. Come on, fat, fast food. It's a meal. <laughs> You've been fasting for a while. It's, I know, it's good. And there's nothing like a, come on, there's nothing like a big greasy hamburger. I mean, so you can ooh and all you want, but come on, there's nothing like a gut bomb. People like, well, what's your favorite restaurant? The gas station. <laughs> I'm like, for real. And, and, so, and so, man, just to have a little hamburger here. Come on. Listen, just, just eat. The, no. mm. It's just so good. And so here. here. But, but here's, what I, here's where I see a lot of Christians. And, 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 and please understand I'm not downing anybody or where you're at in your walk. But I think that a lot of times we supplement cook to order with fast food. And so we listen to a podcast. <laughs> mm. And then we, we listen to worship music. Mm. Bethel. Oh. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, uh, Chris, my boy Chris, he writes some good songs. Come on. How great is our... You know it. Come on. Man, it's good. Leave you to the belly. But here's what happens. is uh, sometimes we fail to realize that a lot of those songs came out of hurt. A lot of those songs were written in moments of pain and we sing somebody else's story and we listen to someone else's story and here's the deal, sometimes that's necessary. In our church, we will always have people that come in and they've, maybe they're eating the wrong thing spiritually, maybe they're in the wrong place and we're not going to judge those people, we're not. <clears throat> and then there's a, a moment where we get excited about our faith and we just want to fill up and we just want to fill up. So we listen to a podcast, we watch a video deal, we go to a conference, we do this stuff and all of that stuff, listen, is good. It's good. Please understand. Don't misunderstand me. But God, what God really wants is he wants you to sit down and he wants to bring you to the banqueting table and he wants to cook you something that is directly for you that will deal with your past and your issues and your hurt and your pain and what is going on inside you. And listen, there's just a little different. Cook the order. Come on. Joe, don't worry about this. It's, it's, it's poisonous. It's probably poisonous. Some grilled chicken sitting down. And so here's the thing is many of us, well, I don't have time for that. And, and honestly, that is not as appealing as that because, because I, can, I can run and, and go get that real, real quick and, and I can do that real. But, but here's the thing, is when you sit down and you order it fresh and you say, here's what I would like. And all of a sudden, God begins to hear your heart. Here's what's going on in me. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will be open. See, as we grow as a church, 
I honestly hope we have all three all the time. See, because as we grow, we need people who will count the cost and sit down. I remember before I really started moving into the ministry, there was this lady that, that was a mentor, and she started the camp that I worked at for years. Her name was Hedy Lou Brooks, and, 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 um, and she called me to her house one day, and she sat me down, and we had this little conversation, and then she looked at me, and she said, will you pay the price? And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. She's like, will you? Will you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, will you have an affair? I mean, she went through like 15 things. Will you do this? Will you do this? Will you do this? Will you, or will you count the cost? And she said, if you're going to count the cost, you're going to have to know God. And it marked me. It marked me. And here's what I'm saying. If you will come here, it'll change your life. Yeah. Every stage is great. You come in and you're redeemed from this junk and, and, and we start feeding you a little bit, a little bit of protein. Come on. And it's great. But ultimately our goal as a church is to get you to sit in the presence of God Open your Bible, read, write, take notes, learn, grow, and allow him. Because listen, the best preacher in the world is not me. It's the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. That's the best preacher in the world because you know what you, come on, you know what you need. For us, we're going to have all three in our church. But as we keep growing, we're going to have to have people who are willing to go deep to have something to offer. The third and the last is this. A strong spiritual workout produces spiritual hunger. Here's what I want to say. Is there is this idea that our relationship with God and, and everything that he gives you is to use. And as believers... Come on, you've got to exercise what God's done in your life. You've got to exercise <coughs> what God's done. And so let, let, let's look at this real quick. When, in May, I got into an accident, and I, I was not able to, to work out as much. And over the last month, I've started to work out a little bit more. And uh, it's amazing. When I come home from the gym, I'm so hungry. Anybody ever, like, you, when you walk... Like, you're like, oh, my God, I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you run or you, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I remember back in the day we played Wii, and I was like, man, I need none food. It was like, real. And, and here's what is happening. Is as believers, we're, we're not spiritually hungry because we're not exercising. That's why we want you to go through framework. That's why we want you to go through framework. Because framework tells the story of, who we are and why we're here and what we want to accomplish and what we feel like God's assignment. Every house has an assignment. While every church is, is, is reflecting Jesus, every house has an assignment. And so when you go to that, you begin to know, okay, what's the vision of what God is doing here? We want you to do that. Why? Because just like the woman at the well, we believe that there is more for you. We believe there's good things for you. We believe that one moment with Jesus can begin to impact and change your life. 
And for you, not only that, we want you to join the team and join. Because here's the thing. What, what, what join and membership and what, what is all that? Because here's the thing. Nobody runs a team and they don't have a roster. We want you to come in. I mean, we're, I mean, there will always be people that come in and go out based on their schedule or what's going on in their life. And we are open for those, those people. But there are some people that are going to draw in to what God is doing here. Listen, and we want you to jump in a life group. Why? Why would we want you to jump in a life group? Because there are moments when hurt is going to happen and we don't want you crying alone. We want there to be someone there. But you, that, that's intentional. Just because we offer life groups doesn't mean you're a part of life. We want you to jump in. But here's the deal. That's not all we want to do. We want you to, to, to begin to overcome in some areas. And we want you to lead. So we want you to be a helper, a co-leader, a leader. Why? Well, that's just a lot of expectation. It's the kingdom. It's the kingdom. What disciple was called that, 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 that didn't get to? It's the kingdom. Now, we realize that there are people that are better at serving and better at speaking and better at... We, we, we understand personalities. But the truth of the matter is... There's a calling on your life, and you've got to exercise. Come on, outreach. Here in April, we're going to do a huge outreach. Last year, we had 1,200 people come to this outreach at the Rack, at the Rogers Activity Center. We're going to do outreach. Maybe you need to be a part of outreach. If you've never gone on a mission trip, come on, you need to exercise. Well, I didn't even know I could go on a mission trip. Get a passport. Save up some money. Come on, go on a mission trip. Do something that begins to exercise your faith, that puts you in situations where... You cannot just stay on cruise control. There's no place for that when we're going to go deeper. There's no place for cruise control, for, for deeper people. Now listen, I'm not, in two weeks, next Sunday we're going to talk about life groups and the next Sunday we're going to start do a series called Gains, and we want you to invite somebody. It's going to be more evangelical. It's going to be some simple gospel. But, but here's the thing, is we want you to invite people. Well, that just really makes me nervous. Stretch. Stretch. Work. Work. Come on. Get your passport. Step in. Pray for somebody. Come on, we got way too many Christians that when, when, when someone's in need, oh yeah, I'll pray for you, and then you forget I don't want to be a culture that says, I'll pray for you later. I want to be a culture that says, hold up, you want to pray? Get on the phone. I'm fixing to grab your hands right now. We're fixing to go to prayer right now. We're going we're gonna to speak things into existence right now. I'm not going to wait till later. Right now, I'm going to pray for you. Right in this moment. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Here's the deal. Are you satisfied? Because here's the deal. What you hunger and thirst for we will either leave you empty, it will leave you longing, or it will leave you satisfied. Come on, I don't have every wish, but I'm satisfied. I don't have every dream yet, but I'm satisfied. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm satisfied. God begins to satisfy me because guess what? He's enough. He's enough. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. 
We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.